Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you when you're blindsided by life. I'll also be interviewing resilience ninja, Allison Graham in a two-part series. This first interview will share the decade of hell she experienced and how she found her resilience. Be sure to listen to the second interview as well. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com and you'll find it there. For more information on Allison, please visit resilienceninja.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Blindsided by life. I once heard it said that rain falls on the just and the unjust, meaning that life happens. Things will happen to us when we're not expecting them. We've all experienced those times in our life where everything seems to go wrong from the smallest things to the largest things. For some of us, like my guest Allison, it went on for a decade. Each one of us experienced these types of events. But what do we do when we're struggling? One of the biggest things to realize is that it's going to end. Nothing lasts forever. In my field, we have what's called radical acceptance. Radical acceptance basically means you accept the facts as they are. It doesn't mean you like them. It doesn't mean you agree with them. But the facts are the facts. When you can move beyond the initial shock of what happens and focus on what you can control as opposed to what you cannot control, That then allows you to focus on what your future is going to look like. One of the most important things to do is to be able to surround ourselves with individuals who can encourage us. When we are blindsided by life, it's very difficult to self-encourage. One thing I always like to remind people to do is when you can create positive affirmations every day, those affirmations are inside of you when you do need them. But if you haven't yet done that, it's important for you to surround yourself with individuals who will encourage you that this struggle will end. Often we think that what we're going through is who we're going to be or who we are. Remember, an event is simply an event. It's not who you are. You're not that depressed person. You are not that lonely person. You are not that laid off person. You are not that financially strapped person. That is just simply an event. When we recognize who we are as opposed to what we've experienced, it helps us move forward and move beyond it. Is this a stumbling block or a stepping stone? What are we going to do about this? And trust me, I understand what it feels like when you're in the moment and you think, oh my gosh, there's no way out. We have all been there before. So of course I can say this now, but it is important for you to think beyond what you're experiencing because when you can think beyond it, it helps you keep your focus on what's next. And what's next 
is not what you're currently experiencing. There's what's called emotional forecasting in my field. Emotional forecasting is essentially what you feel right this second, you project it into the future, or you think you will always feel that way. The reality is that's not true. What you're experiencing right now is what you're experiencing right now. It doesn't mean it's going to continually be that way forever. For example, you've received some really bad news and you're really upset and you're really overwhelmed, but the next day you receive equally really good news. All of a sudden your perspective changes. That doom and gloom mentality that you had all of a sudden changes. So you don't know what's on the horizon for you. Don't know what's literally around the corner for you. So when you can have that expectancy in your life, you will realize that what you're experiencing right now will not be tomorrow. And if it is tomorrow, then that gives an opportunity for the next day for you to be able to shift your perception and focus on those things that are more encouraging for you. If you're experiencing this right now, remember, this is not your future. This is simply what you're going through. Life blindsides us all, but you're going to get through this. The resilience that you have inside of you is going to come forth. And when you can look back on it one day and you'll be overwhelmed at how much you learned about yourself and how far you've now come in life. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled, When All Hell Breaks Loose. <laughs> We've all experienced those times when nothing seems to go right. This class will specifically train you how to process the event, regroup, and use what was thought as a stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone. Enroll in the class today. If you're going through hell, keep going, became a mantra for Alison Graham during her decade of hell. Even so, she kept a smile on her face, built a successful company, and found joy again. She is going to share her inspirational story with us today. Welcome to my show, Alison. Thank you for having me. Yes, I was reading the information you had sent me, and you are right. That is a decade of hell. And so we're definitely going to talk about all the things you went through, how you overcame it, what motivated you, and it's going. I just know it's going to be very inspirational for my listeners today as well. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to share. <laughs> That's great. From where are you calling us today? London, Ontario, Canada. So Canada's London is what we've nicknamed, yeah. nicknamed our city. <laughs> Very fancy, that's for sure. <laughs> now, your decade of hell, that was something obviously you were not prepared for. Nobody's really expecting their time of hell, if you will. Um, and they're, that time when we just get continually blindsided by multiple things over and over again. Why don't you start telling us what happened uh, starting in 2005? All right. And, you know, you're right, because we don't expect it to keep going. Mm -hmm. We go through one thing. And the first thing for me was losing my dad. And, you know, that that's a very fairly, you know, obviously a natural life progression, except at the time I didn't have the tools to deal with grief Mm -hmm. in a way that was healthy. Sure. And so when you haven't dealt with the first one and then the next one happens, Mm -hmm. my grandmother died on his birthday the same year. Oh, my gosh. And yeah, which is really sad. I think she just woke up and said, you know what, it's my son's birthday. I've lost two sons Mm. and I'm done, you know? And uh, so again, natural life progression, but I hadn't healed from that. And I I went through a series of, uh, you know, leaving a contract because I just couldn't keep up. And then it went on and I had this cyst and it was a simple cyst that kept coming up and they'd put me into surgery and it'd be really simple and it'd heal, but it wouldn't fix the problem. Mm. And I went back in for another uh, procedure just like the other times. And the surgeon who I had procedure, he ended up cut, 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 pulled and damaged. Uh, It became quite an extensive procedure and damaged my two main pelvic nerves. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And and neuropathic pain is, um, you know, some people call it a suicide disease. I don't like to use that phraseology because Mm. I believe it's, uh, you know, it just sets you up for failure. Sure. And in, in really figuring out how to deal and live a fulfilled life with nerve pain. 
But it went on from there. I had to have another surgery. They hit an artery. I almost bled out. Oh they had gosh. another surgery. Then they were had to have another surgery to try to fix that. And they had to take um, a bit of a chunk out of me to try to accommodate that. And um, anyway, so here I am. I'm after my end surgery. I was just starting to get back out. And all of a sudden, within a, a few weeks, four really important people who I loved in my life died. Oh, gosh. And then another two. And then that set me up for eight major injuries, breaks, tears, more surgery. So it was just, it was the punches. And, you know, your listeners, they've maybe been through times uh, in their life and, and maybe not all of those different sure. things, but maybe pieces of it. Sure. And it's just like the universe doesn't just send you work problems between nine and five. Right? <laughs> I wish, right? <laughs> and then, you know, we'll deal with the home stuff at night. Yeah. And, you know, nothing in the middle of the night because that's when you need to get a good night's sleep, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so it just felt like every waking moment was, uh, it was just, what, when is the next shoe going to drop? And yeah. I, I think that was my initial feeling of, what's next like you're always living on edge well you know you look at this and it goes from you experience the emotional trauma emotional sadness emotional grief the bereavement and then all these other people kept passing away and so bereavement itself from a psychological standpoint lasts about six months and then it goes to a different different type of struggle so here you are uh, struggling with the obviously the the passing of your father and then these other people died and then your grandmother died so all these things are happening and then you have the physiological or the physical problems as well so it's compounded not only the emotional but the physical and you know it's one person can maybe handle one element but then you have when it's compounded by both of those I can't even imagine how difficult, how much despair, how much, uh, I, I just what you experience. I mean, nonstop, that's, it just really obviously speaks to your resilience, but it also goes back to something motivated you to say, I'm going to take one more breath, one more breath, regardless of the, the neuropathy or the, the neurological, the pain you were experiencing or the, the, the physical pain you're experiencing as well as the emotional pain. It's true. And it's interesting that you were saying that because I believe it is a domino. So you deal with the grief, but then you don't have the tools to deal with the grief. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you've got the physical like unending and still have neuropathic pain, although I'm able to control it. You know, this is what, 12 years later from the surgery. Sure. And but it's the the mental like the conversation in your head if you don't get it under control, it can catastrophize everything. Mm -hmm. So I would be on the couch trying to heal physically, emotionally. And, you know, my my approach at the time before I became the resiliency ninja uh -huh. was to numb out. And by doing that, then the voice inside the head would go, you're so lazy, oh, you're gosh. useless. What are you doing? You know, I was so involved in the community and working long hours and prided myself on the contribution I was making before the surgeries. And I just couldn't do it. And I think that that voice is what compounds all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And where do you think that voice originally came from? So let me back up. Did you find that that voice, that negative self-talk was would really bombard you prior to this decade? Yes, except mm, I was okay. absolutely because I sure. was younger. I had an eating disorder. Mm. These are not the first injuries okay. I'd had. Okay, gotcha. And, you know, my last knock on wood, if I dare, uh, my last major injury um, it, it's in, from 2015 onward. I have not had any breaks or anything. Good. And it was at that time I um, 
I, I really am very thoughtful about how I speak to myself now. Mm-hmm. Good. Whereas I think before it was this aggressive, you know, people say love my neighbor as they love, you know, you love thyself. And I was like, my neighbors would move. Mm, <laughs> right? oh <gosh>. like, <laughs> oh, no. it, so many of us, uh, I think, go through that. And so I think it was me constantly beating myself up and then the universe played along. And, and you know, when you come from a standpoint, and this is all my listeners, this is a really important factor as well. The tapes that we have, in other words, the, the thoughts that go over and over in our head are something we've learned when we were a child. And that childhood template uh, is really what we call our core beliefs in my field. And the core beliefs then dictate how we look at the world. And then how we look at the world determines what we say to ourselves when something happens. So if something negative happens, it's my fault. I'm so stupid. What is wrong with me? So some of the really key things I always tell my, my listeners is, and even my clients, is when you struggle with something, immediately listen to what you say. Because if you repeat that same pattern or that same thought over and over again, for example, I'm stupid. You're always going to be this way. What is wrong with you? Nobody's ever going to like you. That phrase is really the, at the core of who you are is what you believe about yourself. Because the more often you say it, the more you believe it. So it's really interesting. When we look at this at life in general, is all of us have something. So the way to change it, of course, is by changing your self-talk. And that's a whole other story. And perhaps we'll talk more about that later. But I wanted to go back to this. So when you are having these thoughts, you know, um, it's your fault, etc. What then was the actual thoughts you put in place or what specifically did you do to say, I'm going to change this. I'm going to live. I'm going to thrive. Right. So I, I guess the best way to, to segue into that is to tell you the, the moments. There were three moments that happened all in a row and uh, they made me choose to not live in victimhood and to, as I call it, become a resiliency ninja. Mm-hmm. The first one was I was having my first big sales meeting uh, after the the deaths and I was five days out of a, the fifth funeral and I was just like in back at the time I, my business was teaching sales and networking so there's a lot of irony to this story <laughs> and I was sitting there talking with these two vice presidents of a bank and I was just like they just started talking to themselves because I was so unentertaining and <laughs> then they were like so what do you like to do in your spare time and all I could muster in the answer was watch TV oh goodness <laughs> <laughs> Not a very professional answer. <laughs> Goodness, Needless well. to say, I lost the contract. So oh, um, I then went to a, uh, a group at the hospital for pain patients. Sure. And I kind of got ganged up on because I'm like, guys, is this our life? Like, are we? And they're like, yeah, you're never going to work full time mm. again. And I know the doctors had said that to me, When, but when you're sitting around a huge boardroom at the hospital with other patients who maybe have been like 10 or 15 years into it, and I was still like fairly new into realizing this pain was never going away. Sure. And they were showing me what victimhood looked like. Hmm. And that was a, a defining moment. And then the third moment, because I think we have to pay attention to all the different Sure, points, yeah, of course. Was with one of my main doctors. And uh, it was a neurologist, and he and I um, met, and he just was like, Allison, you have to understand this pain is never going away. You need to reevaluate your life, your expectations for your life. Goodness. And maybe you just need to take some time off. Maybe we go on disability or, you know, if you've got some insurance, like whatever the case may be. But the the life that you dreamed of for yourself is no longer available to you. Ah. Wow. And that really is a defining moment. Do you, do you live or do you die? Do you believe that? Or do you say, no, I'm going to do something different in my life, whatever it may be. 
And I think we all have those moments along our journey mm-hmm. when, yeah. and the easy answer, by the way, is okay, doctor, you're smarter than me. You've been down this road before with other patients. You're right. Tell me what I need to do next. Mm-hmm. And instead, like I went through the tears and the, you know, right? Like everything you'd expect. Yeah, that's another form of grief as well. You're grieving your future. That's right. And so I ultimately was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I, on my way home, I said, okay, Allie, you're a business consultant. Let's put on your business consulting hat. Mm-hmm. And I started to look at this situation objectively from an outside and started to look, okay, what is within my control? The pain is not within my control. Mm -hmm. I can't bring back the people I love. I, you know, I don't, at that time, I didn't know how to manifest in all of that to um, stop bringing the injuries to me. And so I'm like, what can I control? And the biggest challenge I had was driving long distances. And because I live in a bit of a smaller town, all of my major clients who I was so blessed to have back then, I worked with the big banks and everything, they uh, they were outside of the city and I couldn't mm. drive myself. And so I ultimately ended up calling my mom and saying, you know, I know you're retired. I know you're, <laughs> you know, a widow and you've got a great life with all of your friends and you've really found your own, you know, world. But what about giving all of that up? <laughs> Let's just entertain this idea. Yeah. Yes. And coming and hanging out with me. And oh, by the way, while we spend time together, you could like become my chauffeur (laughs) (laughs) and drive me to gigs in Toronto, you know, and drop me off at the airport. And anyway, God bless her. She she said yes. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) And she moved here. And there were nights when I had pushed too hard and I couldn't get up to turn off the light. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And she would do that for me. So that that was humbling as well because, of course, I'm a fairly independent, strong mm-hmm. woman. And I had to rely on someone else. Yes. And, you know, I think that's one thing to even consider as well as God, the universe, however you want to quantify that, really gives us what we need when we need it, regardless of life, there's always people to help us. You know, it may not be the help we want, but there's there's entities and, and people around us who can speak life into us. One of the things I really help people understand as well is what's called radical acceptance. It's really a term that basically says just exactly what you did. You accept the facts as they are. It doesn't mean you like them, doesn't mean you agree with it, but these are the facts and these are not changing. So when you look at what will change or what can I change, it then gives you a forward-thinking momentum or of looking at with whatever the parameters are of what my life is, I'm still in control of other areas of my life. So let me use that to really empower myself to change some of those things. And then the byproduct of that is what we originally thought we couldn't change then starts to change as well. Exactly. And I, I think one of the, the biggest challenges is when you're in the middle of you know, the, the proverbial fan blowing mm-hmm. on high is remembering that you do have a choice to yes. focus on the things within your control. Yes. And that you're absolutely right. That is incredibly hard. I actually did a, I uh, created a course on my, on my website, uh, in my academy. It's called when all hell breaks loose <laughs> because <laughs> with situations like this, and I definitely recommend people take that course because it, it's obviously talks about everyone's version of what hell is, is going to be totally different. But when it hits us and hits us and hits us, how do we find the resilience? How do we find that choice? How do we find our ability to, to move 
beyond. And that's exactly what you're saying is exactly what I teach as well. And so I really like hearing how it's manifested in your own life. Um, and my listeners don't yet know this, but this is actually a first part in a two-part series that, series that I'm going to be doing with Allison. So the second one's actually going to talk about what's come out of that. You know, we're hearing her story now, but the second one's going to talk about the amazing company that's come out of this, how she's changed the lives of people, the books she's, wrote, she's written uh, that I definitely want to recommend, recommend to my listeners as well to purchase. So this is going to be wonderful to hear, you know, really give us the backstory of this, the, the meat of this. And then this, in the second episode, we're going to hear all the transformational things you're doing. So this is very, very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it is exciting. It's exciting to me. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm really sure it is. So with, when all those things happen, let me back up. So when you reflect on these things now from when, let's say in the middle of this, so let's say back in 2000 and let's say 2008 or nine or 2010, when you bring your mind back to that, your level of joy today versus back then, help us really understand where you were in the now. I mean, because obviously that's a huge change between both things. Huge shift. So interesting because a lot of people didn't know what I was going through mm. because I am a master at, you know, putting the smile on my face and sure. I've got a great big smile <laughs> and you know, focusing and shutting out the pain. I got very good at numbing out. So different strategies to numb out, which is not the same as living with it. So I would Ah, appear. Yeah, I think I maybe I should stop on that staccato note, right? Like, you know, numbing out is different than solving the problem. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I had a lot of moments where I was very happy. And then I would collapse. Mm. And what I felt back then was it was such a you know, polar opposites, like I was almost living two people. I was living the public persona who was involved in the media and on the stage and working with Fortune 500 companies and, uh, you know, networking when I could and, and on this board and on that board. And there was this very public persona that people looked at and were like, hmm, wow, she's got it together. Yeah. And then there was the persona of, you know, getting in the passenger seat of the car while my mom drove and keeping, you know, sitting up straight until we were out of the parking lot. And I knew nobody from the audience could see me and then collapsing Collapsing, and not remember getting home and then sleeping for five days. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a huge difference. And I think a lot of the exhaustion came from trying to hide it. Trying to and, and, you know, having this constant hate and anger towards the surgeon and, you know, just all of those different things. So I would say that back then I was happy. I was still running a six figure company. I was, uh, by all intents and purposes, very successful on the outside. I did Mm -hmm. some media work. I did a lot of writing. Usually I wrote from my bed, which was one of my strategies. (laughs) That's a good strategy. And (laughs) now... I'm not happy. I'm operating from a place of pure joy. Mm. It's an intrinsic level as opposed to a partitioned level. You only demonstrate it at certain times. Right. So even when something goes wrong, and goodness knows things go wrong, I feel love. I feel forgiveness. I think that was a big, Mm. big step for me was to forgive the surgeon and to stop having this hate that was the underlying, uh, you know, emotion that drove me. Well, I was going to ask you that because how did you not be so embittered or the the bitterness part of it when Mm -hmm. over time, of course, we have a choice. You know, the the difference is, is we can experience an emotion we can handle it or deal with it. But if we don't address it, so that just like you said, the numbing out, it does become a lifestyle. It becomes who we are. And we were never meant to be an emotion. We were just meant to experience an emotion. 
Exactly. Oh, I love that. That's so like so profound. And do, dealing that and living that is also difficult. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I used to, uh, with the surgeon, mm-hmm. I would send him notes and letters, like handwritten diatribes, like, you know, 10 pages long about how he'd ruined my life. Oh, gosh. And how I was never going to get to have children and how I was never going to, you know, um, enjoy again, you know, like all of those different things. And uh, I had such a hatred towards him. And I said, you know, I can't continue to use my life because he, he didn't, I, I don't want to think he didn't care, but his day to day, he'd never talked to me again after sure. um, mm-hmm. cutting one of my arteries in the second surgery and sending me home to bleed. Right. And I, and uh, by the way, that happens in surgeries and can be dealt with if you get to the hospital in time, just so you know, obviously I, I was, but what it takes to forgive is a process. Mm, yes, it does. But it, it happens in an instant. Yes. And I remember the instant that it happened to me. It was three o'clock in the morning. I was going through something, uh, another story that is not actually my story to tell somebody in my family. It was very uh, tragic and, and concerning. And I was feeling stressed. And for whatever reason, I just thought, you know, because I'd been working and journaling through instead of sending him letters, I was writing them to myself. Mm. And I was like, you know, his intention that morning was not to wake up and say, I wonder whose surgery I'm going to get to botch today. Yeah, exactly. And I think understanding people's intent goes a long way to serving our own healing. Yeah. And I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, got out of bed. I actually wasn't sleeping. I was just processing and we've all had those nights. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to my office where I had kept uh, the legal documents because, of course, we were embattled in a legal case at the time. And I actually released them. Wow. I signed every paper. You know, I have to sign your name like eight times. Now, in fairness, I did write above my signature on everyone, do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I let it go. Wow. That's so powerful. I can't even imagine how liberating that was. I mean, I'm sure there's still a part of you maybe in that moment. We're like, oh, what am I doing? But on the back end, that liberation that the person with whom I'm speaking right now is so full of joy. And that is, you may not have known that that's where you're going to be today, but what a beautiful gift you gave yourself by releasing that. I agree. Thank you. That's amazing. I could have held on to that for a lot more years. Yeah, you certainly could have would not be doing what I'm doing now. I would not be, you know, helping and working with people. And, you know, I love hearing the stories of forgiveness. Mm. Those, those stories are what drive me every day and really make me feel like we need to open up these conversations. And of course your show is doing that for people. You've got a, a great uh, roster of incredible shows that you're doing. Oh, thank so you. I appreciate profound that. work. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, Allison, it has been an absolute pleasure. Um, we're going to pick up this conversation in our next interview. My listeners, make sure you tune in to the next episode. You can go to jamesmillerlifeology.com and you can hear the next episode with Allison. Allison, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and the book you wrote, Married My Mom, Birth the Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks, where will they find this information online? Uh, please come see me online at my website. It's r-ninja.com. So resiliencyninja.com, but r-ninja makes it a lot easier. Excellent. And your book as well? 
Absolutely. Available in any of your favorite retailers, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, you name it, uh, you can get it online. Excellent. So what I'm going to do is I'm also going to put your book, Married My Mom, Birth a Dog, How to Be Resilient When Life Sucks, in my store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. So my listeners, if you're not able to find it anyplace else, simply go to my website and you can find it there. Allison, thank you so much for being a guest with us today. Thank you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.